You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another season of Falling Skies, Season 4, Episode 1, Ghost in the Machine. I am Phil Svitek, joined alongside, yet again, Nando Velasquez. Hello. Hi. Welcome back. Welcome and we back have a, to me. we have a newcomer to the show, not necessarily to After Buzz, Roya Tahari. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. We need a Canadian perspective. Yes, you do, because a lot of the actors are Canadian. Just That's right. Out there. It's a growing trend in sci-fi. Canadian actors. That's right. Uh, for those who don't get the reference, Roy is Canadian. Viva la Canadia. Um, there's so much to talk about. Uh, my favorite girl, Sarah Carter, is back, not in her typical form. Uh, That's all you want to talk about, Sarah I Carter. Know. She is hot, though. Uh, so we have we a, get to see as, the back action. as the title mentions, there's a ghost in the machine. Yes. But before all of this, we're 22 and a half days from the season finale last time around, but who's counting anyway? Only <laughs> Anne and Tom. Well, Tom and didn't count correctly. He did not. No. Uh, he did climb that mountain twice, though. Apparently he climbed <laughs> that mountain twice. So, uh, yeah. And uh, we're, 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 we're heading to Charleston. All is well in the world. All seems well. They uh, When we left off the team, the second mass from the season finale, they had the option of going to Brazil. The Vol were going to send mm-hmm. them to a safety camp so to speak, uh, over in Brazil, where they could be watching the World Cup right now and seeing uh, seeing the USA tie with Portugal. But no, they're off going to Charleston instead to uh, to actually... To home. To, well, what they consider home, to warn everyone else and to give them an update on what the Volm were planning. And uh, it was a very, very peaceful journey back, it seemed like. Everyone's having fun. We saw uh, Weaver having fun at Pope's expense, honking the horn (laughs) when uh, Pope wasn't paying attention while he was driving. And everyone's having a good time. Now, would you guys, before we go on, like, if you were in their situation at the end of last season, would you have gone to Brazil? Or would you have wanted to keep the fight going? Um, I I would not go to Brazil. (laughs) Would you not go because you don't know what... What is in Brazil, or just because you want to keep the fight? I going? think based on last season, a lot of the characters felt that being put in a in a camp in Brazil was very reminiscent of the intern camps or, or of World War Two. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what happened with uh, in Germany with the Jews, and what happened uh, here in the United States with Asian Americans uh, during World War Two. So I feel that yeah, I think I think with all the paranoia going on, all the distrust of aliens, I probably wouldn't go to Brazil. I, I would go to Brazil if there was the World Cup for sure and <laughs> uh, and Mardi Gras every year maybe. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously talk about today's kind of Nazi as mm-hmm. camp. I mean, that's what they literally they made reference to that. Pretty much, they went from not going to an, uh, a camp to uh, being stuck in a camp. So POWs. Yeah, exactly. Um. You know, I would I would say luckily their situation is better than Nazi camp, though. 
their situation, well, other than the fact that they don't know what's going on, yes, it's better yes. than a Nazi camp, yes. Alright, but the, but the <laughs> opening battle, mm-hmm. just out of nowhere, uh, my creepy little girl Lexi. <laughs> Not everyone has to die here today. Yes. And as soon as she said that, Tom just looks at her with the same look that I had of, what are you talking about? Mm. And two minutes or 30 seconds later or whatever it is, boom. Yeah, they We're have hit. these flying uh, aliens perhaps or, or, or ships uh, and shooting some contraption, which ends up being a peg for an electronic fence. Uh, that it will kill you instantly if you touch it, and then tons of troops going over, and it was very chaotic. It was it was a really awesome war scene. They have great season openings. Even mm. last time around, uh, season three, we had a great opener. Uh, they, they do well. Yeah, no, absolutely. This one with the you know the the rough camera shots, uh, the handhelds going on, and really it was hard to keep track of who was on what side of the fence, which I thought was great. It was just very chaotic what was going on. And I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And it was such a shock considering, again, they're all just heading to Charleston and they seem like they've seen for the most part everything's okay. The Volm are here and we're just going to Charleston to hang out. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So. Thoughts, Roya? Did you find it at all weird that Anne was freaking out more about Lexi than Tom? She well, was freaking it, out as if they were stealing her away from her. Yeah, but I mean, imagine she, she's season three i mean come on she's been through so much yeah. with this poor little girl that you can't lose her yet again well, well we don't really know what she went through with her that's and true we, what do you mean we did we fought that was the no. whole arc well i mean when they disappeared for the second half of season three we don't know exactly, exactly. what in that's that what time she meant in that time <laughs> okay well but i felt like Anne was freaking out more than tom because tom had lexi for a while yeah she was freaking out when tom had lexi because she wanted to get there with tom and lexi so that's what I noticed, but uh, I'll say I, but there was that fire there. But there's mm-hmm. still that that whole mother daughter bond. Yeah, they, and they well, then where was on the? Sorry, I'm not going to go back to season three, but it was just crazy. <laughs> where was that bond with her when Lexi was a baby? It was she was freaked out. Well, you're actually that's a really good point because she was very freaked out by Lexi before they were both taken. Yeah, so, so it was just a different spin on her love for Lexi versus how she was last season with Yeah. Her. No, well, I think it's a great saying. it's a great character <laughs> development uh that they they've bonded a lot more since uh since that dilemma. To be so. fair, this is Tom and her f- first child together. together. But her other son's dead. Sammy. What about yeah. Sammy? Okay, but you can't you can't really like save a, someone who's already dead. So in that situation, <laughs> just, you're going to save... Sammy would be really upset right now. Sammy what, wasn't I'm glad lost. this is what the well, Canadians <laughs> think. Thank you for bringing Canada into the discussion. <laughs> and, and bringing that perspective. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I can only... I, I don't know what else to be said about the opening apart from it. Just It was brilliant. And it, 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 you know, when you really kind of... It's one of those scenes that you have to go back in and watch because obviously it sets up everything because yeah. then we just cut four months later and we're in. Well, the most... The, the, the only other thing to mention is, is, of course, they have that fence that we see throughout now, the, throughout the whole episode later on. This was the first time we've seen this weaponry. And I believe even those ships seem very new. So... Uh, very very interesting. They called it yeah the blimp, the blimp. Well that that yeah that one ship the blimp because uh, it was very very different looking than anything else. And they have a new alien too yeah. that we saw a little bit, which I believe uh, this new character that we uh, one of the only new characters I think that we've recognized, which was he was South African. I believe his name was I have it here somewhere. Uh, his last name is Bontha. It's it's Dimbu. You talking about the man who's escaped? 
Yeah, the man uh, who... Uh, Genie. No. It's it like begins with syllables. a D. Yeah, oh, Ding, Dingan Bontha. That's what it is. Dingan Bontha. <laughs> Thank you, Nando. Yes, <laughs> I wrote it down. Dingan Bontha. But, uh, yeah, he called him the Black Hornet, I believe, when he was talking about when he escapes and the Black Hornet always catches him and takes him to the next camp. So I believe this new uh, alien to go with the Critters and the Ashvedi and whatever other aliens there are out there is this... Right now, it's just a black hornet, so we'll probably find out more about it. Yeah, I literally wrote down WTF when I saw them. So I was like, what? Flying skitters? you got to be kidding me. Yeah, it was pretty creepy. Well, here they are. <laughs> um, so might as, well, might as well get into kind of uh, the prison camp, so to speak, yeah. as it were. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, I love that we've kind of split apart all these different storylines, but the most seems to be happening overall in Tom's camp, yeah. so to speak. Well, first of all, I mean, I love uh, – it's a little weird. I, I I do love the reboot. It seems like a reboot because oh, yeah, when we gotta... left off in season three, it seemed like the Vom were here and mm-hmm. they're going to help us out now. We were we were all, I think, assuming it was going to be more of a battle with the Vom and the humans, perhaps on two different you know sides against the Ashvedi. And it's been an interesting reboot that the Volm disappeared. Yeah, but we'll get into that. But anyway, the most of the most of the stuff's going on in Tom's camp, which I think is really important because Tom is the leader, and we see the first shot of him is in solitary, trapped. But but the interesting part is, um, you know, too, there, there's that parallel of even just within his camp, right? Hal is kind of having to be the leader, and there's comparisons made to you know you're just like your father, mm-hmm. but then over in the kid camp. He, you know, uh, he the team leaders, and they're kind of like Tom, and Anne is very much like Tom as well. So there's a lot of you know Tom's leadership. It seems like the Masons and, are in charge of almost every every section yeah. that yeah. they're split up in. There's a Mason somewhat in charge, but um, you know, I mean, the title of the episode comes from Tom. Mm. He is yeah. the ghost. I love that. I, it was a little surprising to see him again. Kind of, it looked like he was trapped when he was in that cell, and you see Weaver next to him. But then a little while later, we see him with a bandana and a motorcycle. <laughs> do you think Pope and knew? a flamethrower and a flamethrower? Do Do you think Pope knew? Just by the way, because uh, obviously, you know, we 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 come to learn that there's f- food dropped off, and you know, it's kind of partially creates chaos. But you know, they're, they're they're a lot nicer, right? As, as as Tom and Weaver are talking, like, what are we a resource for? Mm. You know, and so the fact that they're feeding them uh, more frequently than you would expect is somewhat of a weird good sign. But um, when 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 Tom, the point, the my question being, when Tom comes down and he does activate the flame flower, flame thrower, <laughs> I got it's your not disease that easy, now. I know. <laughs> uh, Pope looks at him, and I think Pope knows. Do you think that's why the Pope was not giving them the generator to make sure that Tom's plans doesn't get screwed up? Because they're trying to bring, uh, Hal's trying to bring down the fence, and Tom is doing his own thing. I don't think Pope really cares to well, that extent, but Pope's but, on his own side. He said it himself. I don't think he's on Tom. I mean, he even him and said, Tom have a connection, though. No, but you know, even when when Hal was there fighting for the food with Pope. Pope said, you know, he was like all victimy. He was all like, oh, this is this hellhole that your dad put me in. You know, I deserve this food. He was he was talking badly about Hal's dad. Yeah, but at the same time, when Pope and Hal were fighting each other, Hal or Pope stopped beating Hal. That's true too. And then he did something that Pope would never do. He like caressed his face and put his own blood, Hal's blood, on his own face. I mean, Mm. that was weird, but it was just kind of a weird. 
thing for Pope to do. It, it is weird, and and yeah, definitely it's Pope holding back on on Hal for whatever reason. On one hand, he's he's acting like he's blaming Tom. Maybe maybe he's in with some was maybe he is in with Tom. But I highly doubt. It. I doubt <laughs> it. But I doubt it. I really do doubt it. But uh, it I mean, is, Weaver's not in on this. Weaver's, Weaver's crazy. He's gummy bear now. Not well, Papa bear. Weaver started out crazy. I think Tom's just keeping everything close to the vest right now. He knows he could escape. He hasn't even told his own son. So why would he tell Pope? Because how's the? He does things. He doesn't. He ruins plans. He does. He thinks and he Pope doesn't, doesn't think before ruin, he acts. And Pope doesn't ruin plans. Pope. You're just saying Pope doesn't ruin plans. No, Pope, Pope is a loyal soldier. doesn't ruin plans. No, no, no. But Pope no, understands why certain things have to happen. I think Pope is in it for himself. And I think if I was Tom, I would not let Pope in on any secret. Because Pope could always sell that yeah, information Pope, Pope to the highest Pope is just bidder. rogue. Oh, no. I don't think Pope... Okay, never mind. I'm gonna no, say it. Well, I, okay. Do I mean, you or do opinion. you not think that Tom and, and Pope work together? I feel there's been some kind of message to each other. Like, get out, stay out of my way. This is what's going to happen. Or I'm going to figure things out. Just trust me on that. And I think that's what Pope is taking from Tom. I think mm-hmm. in some way. I think it's you're. I think, four months, right? I, I love so never Pope. Know. I love Pope just as much as everyone else, I but I don't think he's that on board with Tom. And I think if any reason why Pope gave a look to the master, then rider, how did to Tom the ghost, get the motorcycle? That's well, actually, all right. If Pope is the one who's been bribing to get stuff to get uh, Gillian, whatever that show was called, uh, Gil- Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island. Yeah, I was going to say. Did not have in Canada. I'm sorry, I was thinking Gillian and Bill or whatever that show. Juliana and Bill. Juliana and Bill. Which is the modern day Gilligan's Island. Um, but he's got that those kind of things. He even said he's actually, getting stuff. I so he's say, getting this from some source. That is a great point. That is actually a great point because uh, when I first saw Tom on that motorcycle, I think my gut instinct was, how the hell did he get from his little prison? to getting a motorcycle with a flamethrower. So that is a good point, because if one person could probably do it in a prison, he said it himself. Pope Pope knows how to work uh, the system. All right, so question of the week for you fans. And you know what? I mean, I could partially be on board with it, because I did open up this whole discussion with saying, does Pope know that Tom is the ghost? And yeah. so I guess, I, I you know what? Let does. us know. I don't think he does, but I do think that's a really good point. But it's uh, we're going to give it a vote to the fans. So okay. fans listening, write in, comment. Let us know what you think. Are you agreeing with the Canadian? Because she does make some good points. <laughs> I'm oh, just man. saying. I mean, or, hey, or I'm applauding logic? you. It's, you it's not a bad point. Do you agree with the Canadian or do you agree with logic? That's, that's the same saying, thing. I think much, that's right? what you're trying to say. It's the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't mm, quite know. I don't quite know about that. Uh, but anyway. before before we uh, before we fully dive in, world's worst transition. But it was a lot has <laughs> happened uh, here at AfterBuzz TV since the time we last left you. And in fact, the book has been written by uh, one Murray Menounos, now two-time New York Times bestseller. Uh, this time around, with the Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness, quite beneficial for uh, mass apocalyptic things. It's got recipes in it. It's got workout tips. So you're saying if the cast from Falling Skies had this book? I'm saying if the characters from the Falling characters. Skies <laughs> not the cast, had but the this, characters. Yes. Um, they would do well off. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's, not just the, it's not just the Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness. It is the Every Person's Guide to Survival of Aliens. So they should have this in their go bag. Yeah, in Bones case of an alien, it. in case of any emergency, you should have this in your go bag with bottled water and canned foods. That's Ryan right. Menounos' book. 
That's right. Every, girl's, Every guide. girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness. I can and get that. It, it's just marketing felt that was a better title. <laughs> <laughs> so we just had to go with it, you okay. know, for better or worse. But the true, the, Maria was really pushing for the Every Person's <laughs> Guide to Survival and Alien extinction that would be an awesome title um anyway <laughs> go check it out uh if you support the show if uh heck if you got a girlfriend if you got a mom send her a nice little gift yeah you know christmas is coming up you might want to put a little note with why you're giving her the gift though because they might take that the wrong way what there's recipes okay good there's there recipes you go. celebrity interviews not that you should lose some weight there's photos of kevin shirtless <laughs> there's photos all sorts of stuff on there right indeed yes <laughs> all right <laughs> Um, so back to, I guess, uh, rationale and food. Um, <laughs> we know, we know Hal's, kind of, uh, we know Hal's plan, you know, he's, he's trying to. Hal's trying to break out. Yeah. And so is, and technically so is Tom, but yeah, Hal's plan is to short circuit the fence. Which even, it's one of those things, even with Pope's generator, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, I don't you know think what so I mean. I, I think. Well, you're looking at technology that's light years ahead of of anything that's on Earth right now, uh, with the exception of the Volm technology, whatever the Volms brought to Earth. That uh, you know, because we saw Tom use that that one of those super guns in the beginning of the episode. No. Uh, although who knows what happened to that gun after they got taken captive? Uh, yeah, and then here you are, you're throwing a generator that's just good for watching Gilligan's Island, <laughs> and you're going to say, "Yeah, we're going to throw the generator at this fence and short circuit it, and then we'll all escape." So I don't think that's a good plan. And you know, it's something. Yeah, but he kind of makes mention that you know this is this is what his father taught him and whatever else. And yeah, it, it's one of those things. You know what? You don't seem to like Hal. Am I reading that correctly? Oh, I love Hal. Kidding me? I just don't like how but she he's portrayed Pope in this. Hal. She trusts Poke okay. over Hal. Okay, the way Hal's Hal was portrayed not the in this first episode, it wasn't my favorite Hal. Okay. How well, <laughs> he's not as strong. He's she, weak she likes in this. sexy how. Oh yes, he's shaved in this one. I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> but I, how, how can you shave in a ghetto camp? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe he has some contacts he's to get some Maggie. stuff. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe he's missing Maggie. Which, real quick, Maggie and Hal. Did you guys find it weird that Hal was the one reaching out to Maggie in the very beginning in the fields versus Maggie reaching out to Hal because Maggie's the one that killed Karen. And you would think Hal would be more upset about that. Did you guys find that at all? Well, they had 22 days, and they, t- they had a really brief conversation about it. But you're talking about in the war when Hal was calling out to Maggie? That's what you're saying? No, in before, the, in the before in the fields, before the chaos happened. I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to backtrack on that. No, well, it's but. just, I, I mean, the way I looked at it, it's just they've been walking for 22 days. I think they've had time to sort some of those things out. True, I, they were still she... a little bit there, but... Okay. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I mean, they're a weird couple because they kind of always work things out but don't yeah and a lot of it seems to i mean sarah she's always like an angry person her, her things tends to be towards anger which obviously we'll talk about the juxtaposition yeah. juxtaposition yeah. when she's now just found peace yeah exactly th- thanks to lightning mm-hmm. um <laughs> but in terms of how at least in this episode he just seems a couple steps behind yeah i don't mm. like that yeah, he he does seem well. He seems to be, he seems to have taken over the leadership role since his dad is not around. But the leader has to be ahead of the game. 
the leader has to be ahead of the game, but I think it just not, goes to show you. Not aimlessly trying to short circuit. Well, here's what we see. Here's what we see right now. As far as, as far as the camp is concerned, nobody really knows Tom's situation mm-hmm. other than Weaver right now. As far as we know. That's true. So Weaver and Tom are in solitary and Jean, as far, as far as we know, um, Weaver's daughter, who was so happy to get back last season, is gone. Uh, perhaps we'll talk about that where the kids probably are later. Uh, we have Hal, who seems to be taking the leadership role with his second in command, which is Tector, uh, which we don't see too much of, but he just seems to be helping Hal along with the only plan they have right now, which is trying to break that fence. And, uh, we seem to have this black hornet that just comes, drops down at the site of any problem and just grabs somebody and skitters roaming around this ghetto camp. So I think, I feel like that Hal's doing the best that he can considering he's the only chance for, and Pope doing what he does best, which is just living within his comfort zone. He's just trying to get as many materialistic things and just live in his own little bubble. Yeah. Yeah. But so, okay. If you know, obviously the goal is to get out. Yeah. Um, let's talk about our friend that has now escaped multiple, multiple times. He's just not very good at keeping having escaped. He keeps getting caught brought yep. back in. So, so he's, he's South African. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But uh, how do you think he does it? Like, what is this, what is this grandmaster plan? And is it just the plan of, um, is this like the Matrix where you have to self-destruct the Matrix so you have to just let people escape and that's part of the plan? Maybe he's doing it to see if he can find a bug in their whole system. If he can escape, maybe he's getting caught on purpose to see if he can figure out another way to destroy their whole system. Mm -hmm. And then find a crew in whichever area he lands. Was that your question or was that a different question? I mean, that's that's a fair enough answer. I don't know what the question exactly was. Uh, Well, I mean, if he keeps exposing the same tactic against them and just lets himself get caught, then I don't know. Maybe he's building an army through those different prisons he's going to. He doesn't mention that, He doesn't really mention that, but he did, you know, we saw that shot of him, his first shot was after the fight between uh, Pope and uh, and Hal, and we saw that little look in his eye like, oh, this is a guy I could probably trust, because apparently he could take a punch. That's why he kind of went up to him. So, it's really interesting. But this is your standard prison breakout type of you know, movie uh, cliche where there's somebody's like, oh, you know what? I have some experience doing this. I can help you break out. And comes out of the shadows. <laughs> yeah, it comes out of the shadows. Like, it looks like you need a you need a go-to guy. So I'm your go-to guy. So that's the way I look at it for now. He's very mysterious. And, and you know, he's obviously playing uh, very close to the best, too. For all we know, he could be a spy. Yeah. He could be... You know, <laughs> he, he might not be the savior that and Hal needs. There's, there's always a difference... Even Weaver and Tom brought up. There's a difference between one person escaping versus mm. okay, let's get the entire group and have them escape. Mm. It's a lot harder with multiple people. Yeah. Well, Dingan can obviously get out of any prison by himself, but now here's Hal trying to open up the gates, and uh, and maybe Dingan feels like it's about time we just blow this camp open and have everyone get out and who knows maybe for him if there's like 50 or hundreds of people out on the loose it's easier for him to evade capture because the black hornet and the rest of the aliens the Ashvedi will be chasing everyone else and he could possibly disappear you know into some place that he will not get caught well the last thing you know in terms of this camp let's talk about the return of coaches yes ah and that (laughs) 
basically a nice explanation of we don't care about you anymore. Yeah, I, I again, I find it kind of odd uh, that the Vom just disappear. I, I find it a really interesting plot twist that, that it's almost like we're starting from square one with the Vom disappearing. At least we still have Cochise. Yeah, the question is like, why did they leave? Well, they they, they, oh, they made it clear why they, they left. Yeah. They but had a I know, decent explanation. Yeah, they had decent situation. explanation. As far as I'm, I'm talking like the writers' room. Like, what's oh. the purpose of the Vom coming and rescuing? Uh, and rescuing Earth at the end of last season just to disappear again. It, was that just their their way of saying, okay, we need a, we need an ending for season three. Okay, <laughs> let's have the Vom come and take over, and then let's have him disappear in season four. So, I mean, that I have a problem with. Mapping it out, it works in this way, right? You have to... You know something bad has to happen to the humans. Mm-hmm. And okay, um, and, and so in that regard, you have to change things up completely. Now, was this the right way to do it? I mean, it obviously completely messes with the humans. So story-wise, you want the worst poss- possible scenario for your main characters. Hmm. This could have been a little bit too far. Well, it could have been a little. I mean, they, they ended up having a, a pretty decent explanation as to why the Vom left. And, and, and I mean, it is works. Still there. It, it works. And... I mean, if nothing else, one of the, what I like about it is that it, it quote unquote humanizes that race because you know they have that like you know if we didn't go back we would have faced extinction ourselves and then mm-hmm. he says you know the humans are now facing extinction so it's like I feel bad for you but well we saw Cochise kind of get humanized anyway toward um, in season three especially in the finale when his dad came down and his dad mm-hmm. was a lot more uh, brutal. <laughs> toward the humans are a lot more, you know, bl- everything's black and white, and we got to see Cochise uh, take the human side and explain the human spirit and the human perseverance, which ended up saving Tom and, and Second Mass. Uh, and and we do see the explanation that Cochise gives Tom does humanize the Volm in a way, or at least give them a whole, like, oh, wow, they care about their, their other people. Obviously, they care about themselves. They don't want to be extinct, so they have to go back and rescue them. But uh, we, we saw... You know, which we'll talk about Anne in a second. We saw Anne pretty much say, the Volm freaking left us. They left us three weeks after they came here. So the rest of humanity doesn't really think the Volm uh, is, are these really peaceful people who were just doing what was right and rescuing well, themselves. He, they even have that argument. You know, he, he says, go find my family, basically. And he says, I will try. And he's like, no, no, no. You found me. You can find them. You can find them. Well, yeah. Because well, Co- Cochise is that kind of... Cochise is Cochise. Come on. It's Cochise. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's, okay. It's Cochise. Oh, he has some superhuman powers it's, that I'm not aware of? No, I'm saying Cochise, like... I mean, I, I figured he's named after the Kimosabi, you know, Cochise, like the Indian... Um, Sidekick. Uh, I'm trying to think of who Cochise... Cochise was a, a character in, in a movie originally, right? I'm, or a yeah, TV. Yeah. I have to look it up. But Cochise was like a sidekick originally, like a loyal oh, sidekick. Oh, he was on Gilligan's Island <laughs> season three, I think you were talking about. Is that Canadian's what I'm talking version. about? Yeah, that's why they the connection to the TV show, that's why they had that on Pope's TV. Oh, okay. That's completely not a reference if you're listening. <laughs> Well, anyway, I just feel like Cochise is obviously uh, has always has been Tom's right hand man since we first saw him in season three. So he's someone he's the person Tom trusts the most. That's what I feel. Yeah. Next to Weaver. Well, I mean, it's great. I mean, he's definitely in this respect. He's guilting Cochise into doing it. Mm. You know, like hey, I don't care. You know, stop giving me your excuses. You're here. You know, so unless you're fighting back there. You're gonna help me out. True. So okay, I get that. 
I get that. But it's good to see at least that the Vom are still in some capacity in Cochise and his little ragtag patrol unit that was <laughs> that was looking pretty pissed off that they were uh, taking on a detour to, to the ghetto camp. So. All right. Talking about another <laughs> ghetto camp. And... Well, and right. I don't know if that's a ghetto camp. At least it's not a, a camp they're trapped in. But they're they're definitely the rebels are are being led by Anne. Yeah, I mean they're on the they're, outskirts. They're living day to day. They're living day to day. And which, Anne which shouldn't is, be anything new though. They're used to that. They're used to, but I don't think they're Before. used to Anne. I don't think they're used to Anne taking such a. I mean, Anthony, who is a soldier, is even like, "Hey, Anne, cool yeah. it. Two days. <laughs> yeah, some cool. Sleep. It. Let's get some sleep. Let's get some rest." And Anne's like, "No, we can't rest." So what is her? What do you think her primary goal is right now? Lexi, it's finding Lexi and finding Tom. I think that something, seems very selfish. I don't think Tom's involved in the equation. You think it's just Lexi? I think whatever happened on that spaceship, she's not the same Anne that we know. She's not Doctor Glass anymore. Mm. She's someone else. Okay, so Lexi, why? Again, because because that's pretty damn selfish. <laughs> I don't know about selfish. A mom, a, a mom wanting her kid is selfish. In, in a utilitarian perspective, yes. I don't think she... Well, I think she definitely wants... That's her motivation, but I feel like she's still there to, you know, to protect the human race as far as she can and to get her daughter back because she knows her daughter is probably... Everyone knows her daughter has something else going on with her. You know, like there's something about Lexi. So uh, she's a key to something. And then I honestly think, too, that Anne figures that once she finds Lexi, everything's going to be fine. She's going to end up probably finding Tom, everyone else. What do you think, Roya? I, just, I already told you, you there's something crazy Lexi. going on with Anne. Okay. Yeah. No, because you would think Lex, uh, Anne would want to care about Matt. Matt used to call her mother or for that one episode in yeah, the last but, season. But three. she didn't birth Matt. So still, <laughs> people, she's still part of their family. She should care about them. Mm. And she knows Lexi's obviously able to take care of herself because she grows. So there's something. I mean, I'm not saying she shouldn't be caring about her daughter. She should. I just think there's something more to her, I, I, which we'll learn in the. I season. mean, to, Tom has the. You know, Tom is also quick to point out, like, hey, you know what? Here's all the people that are here. Here's all the people that are not here. Isn't mm-hmm. that interesting of how that's divided? Yeah. And um, you know, ultimately, what comes about Anne's storyline is that she kind of learns the same truth when they open up. <laughs> Basically, uh, what do you call them? Uh, ch- the truck. Yeah, but what do you call it? Child, child uh, I don't know. Like a child camp? Wait, wait, wait. No, whatever. whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. When you, when, you, when, you, when you just drive people in cars, mass amounts of people in cars. Are you talking about, oh, okay, like a... You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> We're just going to go with that. Hey, audience, do you know what Phil's talking about? Let us know. Are you talking about, like, sex trafficking, except this is called tra- child trafficking. Child trafficking. Okay. That's it. Child trafficking. You knew what I was talking about. I thought you were talking about illegal immigrants going across. Yeah, I didn't know what you were going with that. No, okay, that's different. That's voluntarily wanting to go somewhere. Trafficking is a different definition. Got they it. were being trafficked. Child trafficking. Got it. Yes. Okay. So, and and Hal mentioned it even in the ghetto camp. You notice what? There, there are no kids by, past a certain age in yeah. the camp at all. So they're all noticing this again. And that's been a reoccurring theme. That's definitely been mm-hmm. a reoccurring theme. But it's been very interesting. I'm guessing that you're about to move on to... Um, well, kind of. I'm kind of tying everything together because even with coaches, he says they're looking for a new power source. Mm. And he doesn't really explain what that means. Yeah. 
Which, Does he ever, though? He doesn't ever really explain anything. This could have been the time. He's like, oh, there's no time for that, but they're building a new power source. This is the time. But he said this that, was the time. He said that this power source would neutralize any attempt to liberate humanity in the future. So whatever this power source is, it's a pretty big deal. So are they putting the and, children on, like, hamster wheels to build some power going or well, something? Well, <laughs> that's what's interesting. I mean, what's interesting is uh, we don't see the kids being treated the same way they were before. With the... Um, with the, when the skitters end up, yeah, harnessing them. Uh, harnessing. I think they don't do the harnessing anymore because they realize they lost control with some skitters with the uh, rebel skitters. Because mm. they can control the children. And that's, that's actually a good point. Yeah, that's a very have good them point. On their side. You know, I mean, if you kind of look at any type of sci-fi, right, uh, you, you try to look at humanity and the history of humanity mm. and, like, how that's kind of worked into. And, and you know, it's, it's a great point of... You know, the Nazis did this, and they brainwashed people into, mm-hmm. you know, believing, yeah. not believing this. Mm-hmm. And oh. so it that worked sort yeah. of for them. Well, yeah, it's I guess that's now. the thing. Well, well just to, to hit that point, that's a good idea. But don't forget that the skitters are also harnessed. And I guess the skitters that we're seeing are still considered harnessed. True. So so, so they still use harnesses. But, again, it's, it's interesting. It's like their plans completely changed. And now they're indoctrinating, they're reeducating the youth. Uh, in these, and they have to unlearn the past propaganda. Uh, it's just so yeah, that they, they have to which relearn, is propaganda. <laughs> relearn from the false propagandas, and it was the new coalition, I believe they called themselves. From what I, uh, they got with too many team leaders. They got too many. Te- they got that one like older kid who looks a lot older than everybody else who's team leader. But so. it's like okay, uh, because team le- because um, Tom's kid is a team leader. Mm-hmm. But he refers to team leader as team leader. So who's really the team leader in the team leader situation? That, that, that guy, I think his name's Kent. I looked up. His, I looked him up on IMDb. I think his name's Kent. He is the ultimate team leader. He is. Yeah. He is the majority leader, and then and then uh, Matt is a sub leader. He's a leader of a smaller group. Yeah, we need, we need leader in training. He's a leader in training. Yeah. Yeah, we need the differentiate. Like you know, there's captain, a sergeant. Like there's there's ranks. We got you know. We need that. Mm. If I was if I was to nitpick a, a, a hole in, um, in the Shvetti sort of plan, so that people need ranks, <laughs> people need Ooh. ranks, and Kent is played by uh, Dakota Balby. Interesting. If you, in case you want to know, so uh, what do you guys think the uh, three through three number? I know what it means, but why do you think they chose that number? Like as a writer, why three three three? I don't know, but I, 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 that did stand out to me. The three 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 is on the uh, on the uniform, so uh, I don't know. But you know what? I will say. Um, an, I have an interesting theory that I'm going to save. Okay. You just you just, you just reminded me. I was don't forget it. Theory. I'm not going to forget. No, trust <laughs> me, I'm not going to forget it. The so, Holy Trinity. I don't know. Yeah, but it's interesting. Three threes. So I. I, I... I'm bad with numbers. Because I would just think the only other thing I could think of is that's the 333rd camp that they have, youth camp that they have mm-hmm. around the world. You know, out of a whole bunch of them. Kind of like Boy Scout troops. You know, they have their Boy Scout troop number. They have their That's... new coalition number. It's a lucky number there, 333. <laughs> totally. Hey, it'd only be lucky number 7. Hmm. Seven, seven, seven. But it's it's pretty scary seeing Matt in there and Matt falling in line. I was to... say in love. No, well, maybe in love. We'll see. <laughs> but definitely in line with uh, this with this team leader and the propaganda that they're they're, you know, looking at. And yeah. the fact that they have to get in line to wait to get food, you know, they haven't eaten since yesterday, one of the guys said, so they're rationing them, and just, 
indoctrinating them. Well, uh, he he's smart enough to know kind of um, what's our girl's name? Amira. Mira, M I R A, yes. Um, with her, she was ready to, you know, as it's pointed out, she's new and she's kind of ready to fight right off the bat. Whereas he's smart. He, like his father, let's learn, let's learn the patterns so that way we can do some pattern interruption later. But we need to, we need to know what we're dealing with before we fight it. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, interesting. It was kind of cool to see Mira uh, speak up. Mm-hmm. And say that uh, the Ashvedi killed the critters, killed her parents, and and it was a really weird scene when she starts to storm off, and all the kids are literally whistleblowers. They have whistles. Yeah. They have whistles part of the uniform. It's like, it's like blowing a whistle on her. Yeah, like rape whistles. Like, like uh, yeah. it was just really weird. They just like all in tune. In like, like, yeah. I, I feel like it's psychiatric. Like rather than beat her up or anything like that, it's just like it's it's psychiatric. Like it it forces bad memories. Of certain stuff, you know what I mean, and it's like mm. you learn to like not deal with that. Yeah, well, maybe it's like a Pavlov reaction or something. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. So interesting, but but really cool to see Matt talk to Mira alone and say, well, say, come over to my room, come over to my room. Maybe he's falling in love. 8 p.m. I don't know. Eight p.m. My place. And to find out that Matt has not been brainwashed, that he's just going along with it right now, and they're also trying to this group of kids are trying to figure out the best way out or, yeah. or to undermine Which the, is a great uh, double line when he says, you know, I'll, you know, she's just new. I will handle it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because he's going to make her fall in line. He's going to make a different her. way. Yes, exactly. To his side. And at least to, to uh, please the team leader and to please the powers that be, but at the same time to be on that side and to figure out their best way out of there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You would think since they isolated Tom that they would do the same thing with Matt because he is the son and that he has the same thinking strategy as Tom. You would think so. I mean, considering those to... are the only two that they have in captivity are Tom. Well, because they don't have Hal in captivity. They have him in the ghetto camp, but they don't have him per se. So they ha- they took Tom and they put him in captivity. And you'd think that anybody that's a Mason, yeah. they would also treat special. Well, maybe that's why they were trying to brainwash him and make him the team leader is because he's got the ability to lead. Perhaps. Or maybe they feel like if they can brainwash Matt in case anything ever happens with Tom again, they know Matt, they can put Matt in with the family and Matt would be a nice little spy. All right. Let's move on to Ben and Maggie. Yes. I keep calling her Sarah because obviously that's her name. Maggie is her character name. Yes. The actress's name is Sarah. Um, Sarah Carter. Which, by the way, uh, he almost he he saw her almost nude. He's just walking in the shower. Well, Well, so so many other dudes in the shower. Next to her in the stalls, there was guys there too. They're just yeah. walking by. And don't forget, Maggie. Like, hey. Maggie's a soldier. Maggie doesn't yeah. really care about this kind of. And Maggie will hold her own if somebody's like, "Yeah, I'm, you're staring." You know, if you're staring at Maggie, be careful because <laughs> if she doesn't want you staring at her, she will clock you. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Well, she is. She is still a fighter, as she says, but she has laid down her weapons. Mm. Uh, what do we think of? Let's start with this miracle. This lightning bolt miracle. What? Chinatown. Oh. Sorry, that we are in China. Yeah, I, know, I, know. I mean, we actually, you know what? Let's start off with with Ben waking up because I think that's really important too. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you don't mind, sure, go right do, ahead. Do you mind? I'm sorry. Yeah, you do. You, you say what you got to say. No, because I think it's interesting. Who was the girl that was um, on top of Ben when he woke up, <laughs> so to speak? Well, when Ben opened his eyes, there was a girl right in front of him, and I don't think that was Lorda. Is that no, was somebody was else? Because was they kept because when Maggie came to get Ben. 
And then Lourdes, they kept referring to, she told me you were awake. So there's this other person. At first I thought it was... Uh, I don't know if she's that important. I think she was just like... Well, just... I feel like the, the way they refer to she... Oh, they were talking about Lexi. It wasn't no. Lexi. That was no, not that Lexi. Was later no, 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 that wasn't Lexi. But the way, when the redhead was saying she knew that you would be awake... Oh, maybe it was, it was a, Lexi? referring to Lexi. Oh, maybe Lexi it was. knew that that's when it was going to happen. Okay, so which maybe... could explain why that redhead was staring at him, waiting for him to wake up. I usually don't <laughs> jump at minor characters like this, but I feel for some reason there's some kind of mystery with this person. But okay, maybe I'm off. She could no. Maybe I'm know. off. I just felt like for some reason that the way people were talking about this person knew you would be up. That maybe there's another person involved. But uh, anyway, yeah, let's go. Let's go to the miracle. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's a miracle he woke up. <laughs> By the way, I love how uh, Ben thought Loris looked so good. All she did was bathe and wear a dress. He's like, you look so good. And she smiled, and she's all happy. I mean, please, the last time we saw her, she was feral. True, but she she was was still smiling. She was smiling because she was smiling because the humans were going to die. She thought, you know, because the the worms inside her were. uh, Were they in the first season liking her? Huh. Just saying. She was nice then. She was nice, but she was very... Well, I think she was a lot more peaceful in this episode. We definitely got to see, before we even saw Lexi, and we got to see everything about Chinatown. It was a very it was a very shocking reaction to see Lourdes, especially after she, seeing her last she, season. You know, the sun's filled her face. You know, she's had time <laughs> to relax. Oh, I mean, this is nice, pretty dress, sundress. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, this is quite the peaceful... T- I, and, and, and then Ben goes, goes for Lexi... Wrong girl. <laughs> Not yeah. all Asians look alike. Mm. And uh, th- then comes blonde Lexi. Blonde, older Lexi. Yeah. After four months, she's aged probably about ten years, it seemed like. Yeah. I would say, right? Because she's definitely in her late teens at the very least. Mm-hmm. What and- is she capable of? Well, that's a good question. I mean, is she just an oracle? Let me just—I just want to mention that the new—the new Lexi is played by Scarlett Byrne. I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot. Of Who her, is not so. a natural blonde? Who's not a natural? If you look on IMDb, she is not a natural blonde. So it's not like, oh, we found this actress to play Lexi. Oh, she's blonde. Okay, let's just use her anyway. No, they purposely changed her mm-hmm. hair to not just blonde. It was like very white. Very yeah, because I mean, it, it, you know, when the moon is full, things will happen, and it was that light, and it just matched her hair so perfectly. So it wasn't blonde; it had to be moon. It was very odd, silvery, almost maybe like a like an alien type color. Mm-hmm. And her her vest matched the hair; like she, from top to bottom, she was like sun. She's become this total like guru or something. It's like it's like very interesting, very peaceful. And, uh, yeah, and very, very Can peace, peace be maintained? Because I don't know if, if you lay down your weapons, I don't know if you have a choice necessarily to have peace. If Nazi Germany is going to invade Poland, hmm. just because Poland lays down their weapons does not mean that they will not be held captive. I think if you, if you choose to put down your weapons and choose peace, and the other side happens to say, okay, they're choosing peace, we're going to put down our weapons as well, then that's fair. But... You should still have the saying, option to pick up your weapons. <laughs> I'm saying, if the other uh, 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 side does not care that you have put down your weapons, yeah. Oh yeah. Peace, like you, you sometimes can't be given. You, you know, peace is not necessarily a choice. But that's what's interesting about the miracle. Yeah. Because the miracle kind of proved that uh, if we put our weapons down, we're protected. Okay, so this happened with one, one mech. What happens if there's 30? 
Expl- like that's what I don't get. That's, I don't. Bolts. I don't understand. <laughs> Scattered from the sky, lightning bolts. This is this over. is a mecca of of just bliss and how it works. I want to know what what is this power? Mm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious too. What do you think? I, I'm I'm right there with you guys. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> okay. Uh, can yeah. we all can is is this where we're headed? Is this like I think it's a scam, but whatever. But I think what's interesting <laughs> is whatever this uh, whatever happened to that mech, it made a believer out of Maggie. So and Maggie, yeah, because Maggie has a bit of a short temper, and Maggie's willing to jump out there. She's the first one to grab her weapon if something's going wrong, and here she is saying, "No, I don't need to do this." Uh, I think what's also interesting too is, uh, and I don't know if we, I, maybe you guys can explain it to me. I don't know if I was 100% clear on this, was when Ben met Lexi and Lexi said, Oh, you know, you protected me. Now it's my turn to protect you. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was very telling, uh, in itself. Uh, as if Ben, uh, she's protecting Ben from Chinatown itself or, or protecting Ben from the, the no, situation No, I think protecting there. Ben just from himself and from perhaps Tom's ways and whatever else. I don't know. Okay. You know, because, uh, you know, his whole life, I mean, this is another type of camp where you have to relearn how to think. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, no, stop being resistant against everything. Mm. Just find peace within yourself. So that's what she's helping him with. Uh, I guess. It just felt like for some reason when she said that, he just seemed really... Everyone just seemed to be a little bit off, like, what's going on. Uh, one other thing I want to mention about Lexi that I think seems to be important is that necklace she had with mm-hmm. the three rings mm. that signified unity. And and what I wanted to mention before, but I wanted to save it just because I didn't want to get into Lexi right away, yeah. is three rings, which matches 333 on the, um, on the shirts from the, the New Coalition. So it makes me wonder if now maybe... did Tom have anything that was that could symbolize that too? Did or, Tom have anything or Pope in... maybe or something? I don't think so. But don't forget. I mean, I think if anything, that kind of tells us that maybe this uh, this Chinatown area is not the mecca. It's not the safe That's haven what, that we think. Here's the thing. I thought. I thought. Um, I thought the team leaders mm-hmm. and the kids were associated with Chinatown at first. I thought there was some weird connection. I still probably, I, I wouldn't put There's it past. There's fishy for sure. Well, they're in Chinatown. I don't think anybody from Chinatown actually knows Matt's there. So yeah. I'm sure it's a different location. I'm sure it is, but I still feel there's there's some sort of connection here. And how far? And, and here's the other thing we don't know. Where is Chinatown? Where is what city is Chinatown in? There's a Chinatown in New York. There's a Chinatown in San Francisco. I guess there's a Chinatown in Charleston. I there's have no, a, no idea. There's a, there's a Chinatown in Boston. There's a Chinatown in Los Angeles. Yeah, there's a Chinatown. There's in a every, movie about Chinatown in Los Angeles. Every major city has a Chinatown. It, how far away is Chinatown from everything else going on? From the from the ghetto camp, from the new coalition school you know from where Anne is it, this is something we don't know this it's been 4 months and we have no idea what has happened in those 4 months oh, and like every fact. great episode uh, the first one at least it's all about questions and they give us a lot of stuff for the full season so with that let's get into predictions and now your after buzz tv they for the had, next episode or for the entire season? Well, they gave us a sizzle for the whole season. So, I mean, if you if you dare to be bold, give us next episode. But I don't I don't know if you can zone in. 
I, yeah, I, I can't just do next episode. I have a prediction for the entire season. Lexi, we're going to find out how she became the alien human, because that was still a question mark of how did Tom and Anne have a alien baby. Okay. That's still up in the air. So <laughs> they said in last season that there's a once, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Chris, no. What's the ex-girlfriend? Megan Howell's ex Karen. Karen. Karen, sorry. When Karen dies, if someone kills her, there's going to be a bigger boss. Like, bigger boss, bigger boss, bigger boss. And we saw him in the end of this last episode. So I think he's going to tie into Lexi somehow. Okay. And Lexi, by the end of the season, is going to be... I think they're, they might kill her. But she's going to have some evil power behind everything. She's going to have control. She's the one that's controlling everything. Mm. She's the big boss. Okay. So you think Lexi's evil, ultimately? Oh, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. All right, cool. I, I kind of, well, first of all, I want to I bring up, it was really cool seeing some of those clips, but the one clip that I think all of us reacted to was Maggie making out with Ben. Bound chicken wow. that, yeah. was a big, that was a big reaction that the three of us were like, whoa! See, my shower scene was it important. From, it went from the shower scene, yeah, it went from seeing her in the shower. Well, again, if Maggie wants you to see her naked, Maggie will let you see her naked. <laughs> so apparently there was something going on with Maggie and Ben even from that first episode. So uh, I definitely see that uh, eventually Maggie, Ben, and Hal will probably get back together in the same group, and there'll be a, a interesting love triangle between the two brothers over Maggie. Do you think Maggie's brainwashed? I don't think Maggie's brainwashed. I think I think Maggie has been bamboozled, but I don't think she's brainwashed. Okay. Uh, like I don't think she's on the alien side. She just really thinks she's in a peaceful place. I do feel though that Lexi is the reason why there are no attacks in Chinatown, and Lexi has some power to hold. Uh, to hold that town together. It's Lexi that's holding that town together. So I don't Should think she's Lexington. evil. Lexington. Oh, nice. Okay. Part of Massachusetts. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I don't think Lexi is evil, per se, but I do think that, that Lexi is misunderstood or, or misunderstanding the situation because she is part alien, part human. She's correct. She, she just has a different goal. She's she has a different, different goal. agenda and yeah. whatever else. And that's why she has that unity necklace because I, I really do feel in the end the unity is one of them is human, one of them Shveni. is Betty. And mm-hmm. maybe the Volm. third one is Volm? Maybe the third one's Volm? There we go! Three, three, three! Maybe the holy trinity. That's of... why. Maybe maybe it's those three or maybe it's some I other third. So. I hope so. So that, that's where that's what I think. All right. Well, certainly a lot to look forward to. TNT has given us what a about lot. Your to... I don't know. <laughs> Do you think Maggie's going to get pregnant if uh, Ben and her have sex? <laughs> no, they're not going to have sex. Come on, she likes she it's likes TNT. Hal too much. It's TNT. Let's make out. She 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 likes Hal too much, and we've gone through rough patches. I don't know, and it could be completely out of context. <laughs> Um, anyway, thank you guys for listening. We'll be here every Sunday talking about Falling Skies. So whether you're listening to us live, whether you're listening to us on demand, whether you're watching on demand, it doesn't matter. Just enjoy our voices. Uh, keep the conversation going. It's such a packed show. So much to discuss. So little time on our half that we want to hear from you. Uh, Nando, where can people follow you directly to speak? You can follow me on Twitter at Nandovel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L. And Roya. And you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HeyRoya. That's H-E-Y-R-O-Y-A. And follow us here at AfterBuzz TV, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Have a great week. We'll see you guys for Season 2. No, Season 4, <laughs> Episode 2. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.